welcome to the third episode of Wheeling Haunts. I'm Alex. And I'm Cassie. And each week we're taking you inside a different Wheeling home with some haunting stories. This week's episode um, is extra special for us because it features some folks that we get to spend quite a bit of time with. Right, Cassie? Yeah, so today we are talking about the McLean house owned by our friend, co-worker, and old house lover, Betsy Sweeney. Yeah, so this is a house we're very familiar with. Um, If you don't already follow Betsy Sweeney, you should. She purchased a house uh, way back before the pandemic and has been lovingly restoring it ever since and along the way has actually quite recently had a spooky encounter that we are so excited to share with you today. Yeah, and especially it's awesome because Betsy has so much knowledge on history of houses and old houses has been in so many old places that to talk about her own house, I think is really neat. Yeah. So we're really excited to share that. We also get to talk with Jean Finstein, who's actually one of our board members. Yeah. She also is the president of Friends of Wheeling, which is a local organization that does several house tours around town. And so she is always out and active in the community, definitely knows a ton of history on any home in Wheeling that you probably would ask her about. Yeah, I'm really excited for this week's episode. So let's jump into our first interview with Betsy Sweeney. So we are here with Betsy Sweeney today to talk about her house, the McLean House in East Wheeling. Hi, Betsy. Hi, guys. Awesome. So how long have you lived in the McLean house? So I have lived in the house coming up on just about a year. I moved over the holidays, you know, 2021, 2022, and I've owned the home since May of 2020. Okay. Awesome. Did you know the history before you moved in? I did. Um, There had been some history done on the house, you know, prior to my purchasing it. And I was, you know, loosely familiar with it, but like anything until you are, you know, intimately involved in a property or a house, you don't really pay much attention. And then once I owned it and was working there and was, you know, working there all hours of the day and night, you kind of start to wonder. Yeah. What were some of the things that drew you to the house initially or that you came to love over time? I'm a big dog lover. And I actually saw the like character defining feature of my home, which is this dog fireplace in the hallway. And I saw a photo of it three years before purchasing the house, before I even moved to Wheeling, when, after my interview at Wheeling Heritage, I had gone back home to Virginia and was scrolling Instagram and looking at the geotags of, you know, downtown Wheeling, East Wheeling, East Wheeling Historic District, and there was this photo of this beautiful fireplace with dogs and kind of red tile, and I remember it so distinctly because at the time I was researching and writing about dog housing in middle Virginia, which is a whole other thing, (laughs) but it stood out to me. And in my memory, I thought to myself like, wow, this wheeling place really feels like a place where if I move there and I establish myself there, I might be able to afford and own some historic home that has something so cool in it like this. Fast forward three years later, I am touring the home with the Wilsons. They swing open the front door and there in front of me is that fireplace. And that felt very kind of kismity. So I just, you know, that house, I love it because it's interesting architecturally and I love East Wheeling. So Betsy, do you believe in ghosts? I absolutely believe in ghosts. 
how long have you believed in ghosts? Kind of tell us your journey to believing in the spirit world. Well, uh, many people maybe not don't know this about me, but I'm pretty woo-woo and believe in most of those things. But I have always been, quite frankly, a little scared of ghosts as somebody that has loved old homes and old buildings since, like, I don't know, I was three, four, like really little. I've been kind of scared <laughs> of ghosts. Um, but I think what really pushed me over the edge was when I was in college, I worked at a floral shop, cafe, kind of gift shop place that was in an old Victorian home. And it was just unquestionably haunted. Just lights flicker, computers would shut off, stove wouldn't work, you'd hear things, things would move, like footsteps, creaking doors, all of the stereotypical things that you see in movies happened in this house. And if I had any doubts before, I had none after that. Awesome. So have you had any supernatural unexplained experiences in your home? So I haven't had much happen to me in the house prior to moving in. But in learning about the history, a weird kind of connection did come up, which is that the second owner of the home, the Horkheimers, they had an interesting connection to where I was living while I worked on the house, which is at Bory Lofts. And so Horkheimer was in kind of the wool and meatpacking and different industries, and he married a woman that was from the family that was operating their business out of the warehouse that is now Bory Lofts. And so he went to work for his in-laws and was working in the warehouse and was unfortunately killed by a rail car, which, you know, if you've ever been in Bory Lofts, right where the gym is, they have the rail tracks like in the floor kind of backlit so that people can see them. And so the owner of my home was actually killed in my other home, <laughs> Bory Lofts. And I, I have like a weird affinity for the Horkheimers. I just, I think the wife likes what I'm doing. I think a lot of the kind of modifications that were made to the house in the early 19th century can be attributed to that family. And I, I don't know, I, his, her name is Estella. And I just think that I've always kind of liked her. And so I feel connected to them in a weird way, but I don't really have anything other than that kind of funny thread. Mm -hmm. But once I moved in, I was actually afraid that it was going to feel creepy. Like the first couple nights there, I remember thinking like, oh man, are we going to be really scared? <laughs> and it wasn't. It was the total opposite. Very, very, very like great energy, great feeling in that house from, you know, the first time I slept there. And since I've lived there, I've had a couple weird little things happen in my hallway with the piano. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> so uh, right around when I moved in, I had a piano in the hallway. It's still there. And didn't really think anything of it. I don't play it. So <laughs> it does a lot of collecting dust. But recently, I had a local metal artist in the home for, you know, multiple days, one right after the other, to repair. I've got an old tin ceiling. And so he was working on that. And, you know, some people just kind of project an energy or they're just, you know, they've got a different vibe. And 
So this person definitely has that. And we were standing in the kitchen talking, the one of the first meetings when we were kind of going over the scope of this project. And the kitchen's in the back of the house, the hallway's obviously in the front, it's the entryway. And so we're standing in the back of the house and I just heard a little ping. And I was like, huh, that sounds like the piano, but maybe I'm crazy. We were kind of locked in this kind of intense conversation. So maybe, I don't know what it was. And then subsequently, the next three or four times, this person was in my house, again, standing in the kitchen, we're talking about the project and how it's progressing. I would either hear a ding or a ding ding, like two notes, never like a song or anything crazy like that. But definitely more than, oh, did I just imagine that? It was like almost to the point where I was expecting it to happen each time. Did you talk to this person in your house about it? Like, did he hear the same things that you were hearing? Or yeah, no, I wish I would have. I'm always hesitant because I don't want to freak anyone out or just like make them think I'm crazy. Um, so no, we didn't talk about it, but I, I wish I would have because I bet he heard it. <laughs> How did you make sense of this? Do you think that the spirit was trying to communicate with you? Do you think it was trying to communicate with this person? Do you think that maybe they just liked or disliked what was going on in the kitchen? How have you kind of thought through that? I have my own kind of theory about ghosts and people and whatever. And it is that some people are just way more open, friendly, I don't know, welcoming to that sort of energy. And I just think that this person is that. I have, like I said, I'm in a lot of old buildings. I have always, in any old house that I am going to spend an extended amount of time in, I talk to the house, like, immediately. I don't want to see ghosts. I don't want to be scared. I don't want things moving. I don't want to be scared. And so I say, like, hey, if there's anybody here, just please don't make yourself known. We can cohabitate, but, like, don't scare me. And so I'm not surprised that I never saw anything when it was just me in the home. But I think that this person kind of has a big, like, welcome sign on their back. And I think that's why it happened. Very cool. Do you have any advice for anyone who may have a similar experience or may run into a supernatural experience they can't explain? Yeah, I mean, I guess what I just said, if you don't want to participate, I have found that having a conversation with the space you're in and whomever may be lingering there is really helpful. I've made it abundantly clear I don't want to be scared and I've never been scared. I think that if I said, hey, everybody, come on in and show me what you got, they probably would. Good advice. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, out of curiosity, have you noticed anything with your dog, Marshall? I know sometimes they say that dogs can pick up on something else in the house. So I totally believe that. And if there were ever a dog that would not have that sixth sense, it would be Marshall. (laughs) This dog is not, I call him the dog that like evolution forgot. he, he gets cold. He gets hot. He gets itchy. He, he gets scared. He doesn't have any survival instincts, so I don't think he has any sixth sense. <laughs> but, yeah, he just he naps all day. So if there is anything going on, he's uh, cool with it. So if anyone wants to keep up with what's happening at your house, uh, spooky or otherwise, how can they find you? <laughs> it's pretty easy. My house is kind of everywhere lately. But I talk about what's going on with the house, with the renovation, and any creepy things that happen to me a lot on Instagram at Betsy Sweeney or on my website, BetsySweeney.com or any other social media you can think of. (laughs) 
Thank you yeah. for being on the podcast, Betsy. You didn't have much of a choice because you're a co-worker. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Always happy to participate. <laughs> Kick off your Halloween weekend festivities by going to River City Restaurant's annual Halloween costume party. The fun begins at 8 o'clock on Friday, October 28th, and there will be prizes awarded in several categories leading up to the grand prize, a three-night trip to Nashville, Tennessee. Follow River City on Facebook or visit rivercitybanquets.com to learn more. All right. Um, so today on the podcast, we have Miss Jean Finstein with us here today. She is our local history guru who's going to be telling us a little bit more about the McLean house that we learned about from Betsy earlier in the episode. So Jean, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your involvement with Friends of Wheeling, which is um, a really awesome group here in Wheeling. Sure. Friends of Wheeling is actually the oldest historic preservation organization in the state. We were founded in 1970, and we are, I like to say, just the nosiest people in Wheeling mm -hmm. because we like to see old houses from attic to basement. Uh, we especially like to tour a before and then later an after. So, for instance, we recently toured the, uh, the former drug, uh, wholesale drug company that's right next door to the Wheeling Heritage Building. It was recently purchased, and it was like going back in time to go inside. And uh, we'll, of course, hope to have a an after tour later. We also do cemetery tours about every other year and a variety of other tours. When riverboats are in town, I typically take a group around town for a historic group, and I've also uh, done um, school groups around town. Yeah, so you are definitely well-suited for this role as our local <laughs> history expert on the episode. I have not noticed personally any ghosts during any of those tours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So what do you know specifically about the McLean House? Well, when Betsy first bought it, we went ahead and did a history of the house. We had a before tour there. And anytime we do a before tour, we do a background of the property for the owner. And we have found that probably 95% of the time, the owners have no idea of the history of their own property. So that's always fun. So we did find that it was built around 1892 by a man by the name of Thomas McLean. And um, he was in business with his brothers and they had a drugstore. Do you know um, any of the other homes owners through time, not just the folks who built it? Yes, there were a number through time. Another one who had kind of a tragic end was a man by the name of Bernard Horkheimer, and we can talk about his demise uh, later on. Uh, then there were several others in sequence, a Frank Swift, who was a broker, uh, Pliny Ferris, who was a minister, uh, Leon Reefer, who was a veterinarian, uh, the Antonucci family, and Stephanie and Brian Wilson, who were right before Betsy. Wow, that's a lot of owners through yeah. the years. I mean, I guess when a house is that old, that's it's going to go through a it's lot. It's a lot of, of years, so yeah. a lot of owners, yes. Awesome. So when you did your house tour, did any details of the house stick out to you or any favorites? 
you can tell that there was a great deal of money that went into the house originally. The woodwork is phenomenal. Very tall ceilings, a lot of nice detail, and it's definitely a house that is worth rehabilitating and so good for Betsy. <laughs> Do you know if any of the home's previous owners were musically inclined, as we learned from um, Betsy's ghostly or unexplained <laughs> experience? Um, it seems like there was a perhaps a piano player, or maybe that's just how they choose to communicate. But do you know if there's anyone musically inclined that once lived there? I did not find anything like that in particular. However, the original owner, the Thomas McLean, as I said, was in partnership with his brothers, um, having a McLean Dental and Surgical Supply Company, which was at the corner of Market and 12th Street, about where Vagabond Chef is now. Mm -hmm. And among other things, um, well, they had things like, uh, you know, rolling chairs, um, invalid beds, air mattresses, chair commodes, surgical operating tables, artificial eyes, limbs, arms, and hands, but also instruments to aid the hearing, such as, this is according to history books, mohair conversation tubes, whatever that is, London hearing horns, hard rubber audio audiophone fans, black metal ear trumpets, and invisible eardrums. Now, I can just envision the kind of a hearing horn that you see in the Victorian pictures of ladies primarily who would be trying to, to hear gossip, perhaps, who would need some assistance in hearing. So perhaps that would have a relationship to music, um, perhaps the, um, the spirit is wanting some noise to mm -hmm. be heard in the house. Um, that could be. Yeah. Is there any type of musical history in East Wheeling in the neighborhood that you know of? Not that I know of. Okay. Not that I know of. I wasn't sure if there was like maybe a concerts held up there or just any type of neighbors. That could be musically inclined, but... Well, about a block away on 15th Street, when my own daughter was in high school, um, there was a woman, um, Miss Peaky was her name, and she taught piano and voice. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, a block and a half, perhaps, away. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with um, with it being such an old neighborhood, I'm sure there were some musicians that lived in the neighborhood with, um, you know, all the churches in the neighborhood, lots of organs playing. So sure. maybe the spirits are just sure. hanging out in East Wheeling and decided to hang out at Betsy's it house could for be. the day. Could mm -hmm. be. Or it could be a sad mm -hmm. spirit who is there because of a tragedy that occurred in their life. And um, let me mention two of those mm -hmm. that I thought might be possibilities. Uh, one, as I mentioned, was Bernard Horkheimer. He lived in the house um, from 1903, four or so until his death in um, 1906. So not for very long, although his widow lived there until around 1910. He and his brother had a wool buying and grocery business that was located in what we know now as the Bory Lofts. And at the time, there was an actual railroad track siding that came right into the building. You can sort of see remnants where part of the building is slightly angled, and that's where the, uh, the trains came in to load or unload 
the product. And at one point, he was squished between a railroad car and a wall and was killed. And so perhaps in his sadness, um, he is coming back to yeah. make, his, make his presence known. But he was living in the house at the time of his death. Yeah, that's interesting. And just kind of connecting past the present, that's interesting because um, Betsy, before moving into the McLean house, um, actually lived at Borey Loft. So yes. maybe there's... Yes. Um, Maybe he feels connected to her in that way. That could be. So his ghost followed her from <laughs> there, from the warehouse, back home, yeah. uh, if you will. Then I found another one, uh, the veterinarian Leon Reefer. He was living in the home uh, up until his death in 1935, but his wife had died three years earlier, two and a half years earlier, in a tragic automobile accident and perhaps it's her ghost that's coming back. And as I dug more into her tragedy, I found that she was an immigrant from Austria. He was the son of a man who was an immigrant from Austria, so perhaps there was some connection there. But he was around 64 years old, and she was only 32 when she died. And she was in an automobile with a younger man at 12.30 in the morning when the accident occurred. According to the newspaper reports, someone drove him off the road on a country road, and the car rolled multiple times. Of course, this was before there were seatbelts. Um, she died, and he was hospitalized for more than a month and initially was charged with manslaughter, although he was exonerated later. So I, I kind of wonder, um, her name was Josephine Reefer. Her husband was not well at the time. His obituary said he had been ill with tuberculosis for several years, and of course was more than 32 years older mm -hmm. than she was. And so, you know, kind of wonder why was she out at two at twelve thirty? Yeah, a lot of uh, <laughs> in in the morning with a younger man. Um, but yeah, we can make assumptions. But we I don't can know. make assumptions, <laughs> or it could have been a friend, and she was returning mm -hmm. from an event. Although that never appeared in the paper, mm -hmm. um, and so perhaps in her sadness, or perhaps in her husband Leon's sadness, the piano is being played. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So were there any other interesting tidbits of information that you dug up when you were doing the history for this home? Only one other thing, and that was when Thomas McLean was a young boy, he lived in South Wheeling, which of course was known as Ritchie Town at mm -hmm. the time. And to make money, he established a basically a penny post office where he would deliver people's mail for a penny. At the time, you used to have to go to the post office to get your mail or mm -hmm. to send mail. And so he kind of was a, a gopher mm -hmm. and would, um, for a penny, take your mail or pick up your mail. So he was a very entrepreneur type of person, even as a young boy. That's very cool. I mean, it's hard to tell, but it seems like with many of these homes are so old and there's been so many owners, it's hard to know, you know, if there is a spirit that is in fact in this home, who could it be? Because there's just so many interesting tales through time. Right, right. And of course, this is such a fantastic house. And um, 
interesting owners over the years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that could very well be um, someone who is visiting again. And I think it's awesome just that we can have this much history, that it was documented, that we can go back and look and find who originally built the house, stories about them. And I think that's just awesome that we have so much history with yes, it. Yes, and of course, the newspapers back in the day told you all kinds of details that they don't necessarily now. Mm-hmm. Um, the automobile accident, for instance. The car rolled four times and she was pinned underneath and he was pinned on top of her. You know, that sort of thing that you're not going to find in today's um, newspaper accounts. And poor Bernard Horkheimer was, uh, was also described in great detail uh, in his death. So, I don't know, it adds a little bit, I suppose, And, of course, just knowing the names and the occupations of the people, I think, is very interesting. Yeah, definitely gives some insight into what their day-to-day lives might have been like at the time and what their interests were. Um, So one of my questions I have for you is, so you spend a lot of time in old houses. Um, What's your take on ghosts or just people that say they've had some sort of unexplained presence in their home? I know that you Mm -hmm. said that you've never seen a ghost or had any experiences like that yourself, but um, kind of what's your take on that? I personally have not had any experiences. Um, My daughter and her family lived in a house in Tridelphia that they swear was haunted, um, and the prior owners swear was haunted, and my granddaughter supposedly saw something um, one time, but did not appear to be a frightening presence. Mm Sure, it's. I suppose it's possible. As I say, I've never experienced it myself, but there are times when I walk into a building and I feel something, not necessarily a person, but some some piece of history that's there. All right. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us and giving us the history of the McLean House. And You're welcome. Yeah, what would you like our listeners to know about Friends of Wheeling? How can they find you? How can they get involved? Well, we are a purely volunteer organization. If people would like to join us, they can uh, come to any of our events. Our dues are a whopping $10 a year. Wow. And that gets people into all of our events. Um, We rarely have anything that costs anything, uh, only to cover the cost of, of a meal or something like that. So um, our post office box is P.O. Box 889. If people would like to send a note or whatever, then we will put them on our email list. And at least once a month, we send out some sort of a newsletter announcing either what we're doing or what others are doing or a combination Great. Yeah. So if you're listening and you um, haven't heard of Friends of Wheeling until today, definitely check them out. We'll link um, everything that um, we have on them in our show notes so you can learn more. And if you love old homes and learning about old home history, um, definitely check them out and sign up to go to one of their house tours. All right. Well, thank you. This was fun. Thank you so much, Jean. Wow, what an episode. Let's first start with the history of the McLean house. What did you think about our chat with Jean and Cassie? I am so interested, one, how many owners there were. Like, that's a lot of house owners Mm -hmm. over the years, which I guess is not really a lot when you think about how long the house has been there. But 
the fact that there were a lot and there there were multiple tragedies to how some of these lives ended. Yeah, I think the McLeans, of course, with their history in the medical industry, I think that mm-hmm. was interesting to think at one time there were little eyeballs and hearing devices all over the home. And I really appreciated Jean's uh, willingness to have fun with it and do that stress. Say, well, maybe, you know, the the ghost just wants to be heard because of the mm-hmm. medical equipment. So um, I really appreciated Jean and her um, insight and the history that she was able to provide on the home. What do you make of there being a vet clinic in the house? Yeah, I think that there's something there. And I, <laughs> I know that Betsy knows Marshall more than anyone. And I definitely believe that he probably isn't having any experiences, but I think that it is very possible that if there are ghost dogs running around the house, that they know that Marshall's a scared boy and Mm -hmm. they just leave him alone so he can have a peaceful life. (laughs) And I feel like that's something people don't think a lot about is when you think of ghosts, you think of people who have passed. Well, there could be ghost animals out there too. It doesn't always have to just be people and the spirit yeah. of the people that it once lived. It could be animals too. Yeah. And well, taking a step back from this story, I, this is funny because thinking back to episode one, I say I'm not like super into the supernatural, but I recently went to go see a medium and one of the spirits that presented itself was a spirit of what we believe to be one of my cats that died. So I truly believe that there are uh, just as many pets in the afterlife as there are humans. <laughs> Oh, let's talk about the Bori connection. That's one that our listeners might not have been expecting unless you were closer to the history of this home or know Betsy personally. Yeah, it's one of those things where you question, is it a coincidence? Is it just something that, I don't know. What is that connection other than, like, is there more to it, I guess? Yeah, I think you can chalk it up to small town wheeling, but... At the time when all this was happening, Wheeling wasn't quite such a small town as it is now. So I think that for there to be this person who died in this tragic accident at the same place where Betsy was living before she moved into the McLean house, who was also living at the McLean house, I think that's a little bit uncanny. And to hear Betsy also say that of all of the previous owners of the home that she feels most connected to Estella, I think that that could be quite likely that there's... A spiritual connection. And even taking one step farther back, the fact that Betsy saw a picture of the fireplace, mm-hmm. which has the little dogs on it. Yeah. And going back to that connection. But she saw it beforehand, lived in Bory Lofts, mm-hmm. and then ended up coming back to that house, had no idea that that's where the fireplace was. I, I don't know. It's just yeah, an unexplained coincidence like we've talked about. Yep. I think she was meant to be in the house Mm -hmm. and that all of the previous owners were calling her to that space. And while she hasn't had an experience so recently, um, I think there's been a lot, a lot happening that led to what has happened so far. Um, Couldn't let this episode pass without talking about the spooky connection, not just in this episode, but to our previous episode um, on 203 South Front Street with Mary Ellen, I don't know if our listeners made this connection while we were while you were listening through the episode, but the same metal artist that helped repair Mary Ellen's gate from episode one was the same person that was fixing, doing some work in Betsy's house. So if it's not, I, I don't know what to make of that, but I think this person definitely welcomes 
spirits. Yeah. Kind of like what we talked about last week with Rachel is some people just have that thing about them that attracts spirits. And I think he might be one of them definitely with how much he's experienced and seems to be connected in these stories. And maybe it's a thing that he's had a lot of supernatural things happen and he's just like, oh yeah, it's cool. And keeps moving on with his life because it's a normal thing for him. Yeah. And well, this is a perfect opportunity because episode five, we will be having a listener call-in episode. And this is just a plug to anyone listening. If you've had a spooky experience in Wheeling, whether it be in a home or a creepy old building or just walking down by the river, we want to hear about it. So make sure you visit the link in our show notes and leave us a message. And you might get to be featured on that special episode coming up at the end of this month. And if our listeners weren't convinced already that Betsy's house is haunted, we have breaking news to share with everyone. Um, If you're a VIP listener, then you know that you get some special behind-the-scenes content every week. And for this episode, our Wheeling Heritage Media team, Dylan and Jonathan, were in Betsy's home getting some footage of her house, and they had quite the spooky afternoon. So we are bringing another special guest, um, Jonathan, who's typically behind the scenes making sure this podcast sounds great, to tell us a little bit more about it. Tell Tell us everything, Jonathan. Yeah, so we went to Betsy's house to get some footage and to actually play the piano that she talks about in her story. We were there for a while filming, and eventually I decided to sit down at the piano so Dylan could film uh, me just playing something on that piano. And as soon as I sat down, like a few seconds after I started playing, uh, the door in the kitchen just flew open. Um, there was this loud noise and it just sounded like someone was opening the door and we all just kind of froze and Betsy ran into the kitchen and, um, yeah, it, it was just interesting. She said that door never typically blows open and it wasn't a particularly windy day. And right after I started playing that piano, yeah, it, 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 it was spooky. It, it scared us. <laughs> yeah, that leads me to my theory. I think that there is, I don't know what the connection is based on what we've learned, but I think I think music has something to do with it. I think the piano, and I think especially knowing you, Jonathan, like you are a musician yourself. I think the ghosts, I don't know, there's something with music and the ghosts. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but we'll let you be the first to rate how haunted is it. There's definitely something going on in the house. I think between Betsy hearing these notes being played on the piano, I was skeptical at first because when you have an old piano, it's entirely possible things are, you know, shifting around, temperature changes, things can cause pianos to make a noise. She showed us exactly what the noise sounded like that she heard, and it was surprisingly very prominent notes on the piano being played. It wasn't just, it was more than just things shifting around. Once we (laughs) sat down and and had an experience while we were there, I can definitely see why she feels a presence there in the house. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say six because things have happened. There is some kind of presence there. I think Betsy keeps it at a six. I think it could be more, but she uh, does a good job. She talks to the spirits 
lets them know she doesn't want to be bothered. And I think, yeah, she really only sees something when someone else is in the house and, and things are happening. We love the boundary setting. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to rate this one a seven, a little higher, just because we heard the stories. We have the connection with Jeff. And now not only has Betsy heard this, but the guys were there that had an experience too. So, and it kind of makes me question because everything's centered around this piano and Betsy wasn't the original owner of the piano. Could spirits like travel with the object? So when she inquired this, acquired this piano, did a spirit come with it? And that's why they're so connected? Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, we were thinking just about the house, but the object itself, you know, who knows what the history of that is. So yeah. that's that's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, what do you rate it? I would rate it. I think I'm going to go with you, Cassie. I'm going to rate it a seven. I think that there's something happening there. I think the ghosts are good at maintaining healthy boundaries so that it's not too scary. Um, so there are some respectful ghosts in that house. <laughs> and that is our show. Tune in next week for more chilling tales of Wheeling's past. Thanks for listening. And remember to stay spooky. Do you have any chilling tales from your own Wheeling home? Visit the link in our show notes to leave us a voicemail for your chance to be featured on an upcoming episode of Wheeling Haunts. Wheeling Haunts is a production of Wheeling Heritage Media. Learn more about our podcast by visiting wheelunk.com slash wheelinghaunts or follow us on socials at wheelunk. Subscribe to the podcast to be the first to know when a new episode drops each week or become a VIP listener to get early access to the podcast, exclusive content, and so much more.